Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and this week, two things to review and also, of course, a big old PSA that The Mandalorian is finally out. I'm not going to go over it here because I know Jackie and Matt are going to be chomping at the bit to talk about it. So without further ado, here are reviews for this week. First up is Come Play, which is a horror movie, and I have said repeatedly, I don't like horror movies. I am not the audience for them. I get very scared very easily. I just, I don't enjoy being scared. I've talked extensively with friends about why they like horror movies, and I think those reasons are totally valid, but I do not enjoy them. So upfront, acknowledging not the audience for this film. However, I don't think fans of horror are going to enjoy this film either because it's not very good. It didn't even scare me that much. The premise is these parents are, they have a, a nonverbal son and a creature keeps coming to him through electronic devices. And look, the reason I was willing to watch it is because Gillian Jacobs and Jonathan Gallagher Jr. play the parents and I like them both very much. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this will be good. It was not. It wasn't scary, although I will say I watched it in broad daylight and did kind of mute the sound at points. It was always very obvious when the sort of scary moments were supposed to come. I feel like it was trying to be a little Slenderman-y, and I say this only knowing kind of internet knowledge of Slenderman. I've never seen anything about Slenderman because it, it, that is legitimately scary to me. But it felt like it was demonizing screens, but then you've got this main character who's nonverbal who is dependent on screens in order to communicate at present. And so I'm like, why would you demonize his one connection to the world? Then there was a whole lot of weird Spongebob placement. And I was like, why? Are we trying to say Spongebob is a bad thing? Are we trying to say Spongebob is a good thing? But the fact that the one thing I took away from this was Spongebob is not a successful movie, it seems like. The other thing is it's produced by Amblin Entertainment, which is Steven Spielberg's company. And I feel like they're more of a family-friendly group. So to see a, a movie aimed at kids, scaring kids and, you know, terrifying kids is... Not does not seem like their usual MO. It was also just really boring and the motivations of the characters and sort of the reason for the horror didn't make sense at the end and I won't spoil it in case you want to see it, but I, I, at the end I was just like, what has happened here and why? And this doesn't, this doesn't align with anything you've set up so far. There are also just a lot of points where it like blatantly rips off other movies. And that is that is kind of like a hallmark of horror and not in a bad way, but there are certain tropes and certain things that work very well across horror movies. So you see them all kind of borrow from the same templates, but this one just felt like it was ripping off not just horror films, but other pop culture films and not bringing anything new to it. And so it's rated PG-13. I guess maybe if I was like a, a 10 year old and saw this, I'd be scared. If I was an adult looking for a scary movie, I would not be amused or entertained or even scared by this. So really that leaves, what, you wanna give your kids nightmares? Like if you're a parent searching for, you, there's just no good audience for this one. It, it was really boring. Again, not even that scary. Save your time, save your money. I'm only gonna give it one out of five. Thankfully, the other thing up for review this week is actually ridiculously good. It is The Queen's Gambit and it is on Netflix. It's based on a novel and it's a mini series and it's about chess. And that doesn't sound like the most exciting thing in the world, but it was actually really riveting and really exciting, at least to me. Anya Taylor-Joy plays this fictional character known as Beth Harmon. She's this you know, total prodigy at chess. She is essentially an orphan. You know, She grows up and, and isn't given any sort of formal training. And it takes place in the 50s and the 60s. So you're kind of in the Cold War. The Russians are truly a chess powerhouse. I believe to this day, they are still a chess powerhouse. The movie's just really good at communicating what it feels like to be isolated as a kid and what it feels like to be a very competitive person and 
Beth Harmon, the character of Beth Harmon is sort of aloof and, and cold and, and, and she deals a lot with her emotions, but she's also sort of a very buttoned up character. And then there's a lot of drugs and alcohol. And I just, I enjoyed the whole thing. I started watching it. It came out last Friday. I started watching it last Friday night and then just watched it through to the morning. Part of me, I didn't know going into it that it was fictional. A little bit of me hoped that it was secretly the story of some true chess prodigy. But by the time I got to the end, I was like, okay, no, this is fantasy. But it was a really enjoyable one. Bill Camp is in it, who I think is such a fantastic actor. And then two weird random, not cameos, but two characters who I'm like, you two are really kind of having a resurgence as adult actors are Harry Melling, who you might know as Dudley Dursley from Harry Potter, and Thomas Brody Sangster as Benny Watts. And he was the little kid from Love, actually. And I was talking to a friend about Queen's Gambit, and I was saying, Anya Taylor-Joy for me, I think she's a fantastic actress, and I'm actually very excited to see her in Furiosa. But Anya Taylor-Joy to me is someone who, while she is a lot younger than I am, I feel like I saw her career come into play when she was a little bit older. She tends to play younger because she does have this sort of very ethereal, youthful look. But generally speaking for me, I like can see her as an adult. But Harry Melling and Thomas Brody Sangster, I just they're just kids in my mind. And so to see them play these young adult, but still adult roles, was very bizarre for me. And I, I, I give them credit, and I don't know if, if you weren't like me and had sort of a weird, nerdy, encyclopedic knowledge of projects that people have appeared in, in terms of certain people, you wouldn't immediately peg that you knew who they were. But I was just like, oh my god, it's the kid from Harry Potter, and it's the kid from Love, actually, and they're all grown up, and they're good actors. I don't know if they're great actors, but they're good actors. Either way, Queen's Gambit totally ate it up. Even if you don't love chess, it's not actually about chess, but it is sort of about thinking and logic and how our minds work. And I absolutely loved it. And I am sad that there won't be another series. I don't think there'll be another series. I also don't think there should be another series. It is very well buttoned up. It's told in just the right amount of time, which I feel like is something a lot of shows and series and even movies struggle with. So I give them credit. I love the pacing of it. I'm going to give it four and a half out of five. 